Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, lawmakers play doctor. And what is a clean lottery? And former President Trump has a message for Mo Brooks. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Adios, muchachos. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. Welcome to the voice of Alabama politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Susan Britt, research guru extraordinaire, and the extraordinarily competent and brilliant Josh Moon, investigative reporter and columnist at APR. I bet I love it when Angie's not here. It's so much better. I get treated so much better when Angie's not here. It's great. So last week, Josh, we asked, will Trump dump Mo Brooks? He dumped him. <laughs> yes. The answer was yes. Yes, he, he's going to dump him. Yes. Oh, God. I mean, the only <coughs> really positive thing out of this whole week, Susan, in my book, is that Mo Brooks will never hold elective office again in the state of Alabama. I mean... Hallelujah. He's touched. Yeah. He's out. Yeah, it would be, be nice, especially for the uh, for the Huntsville area, uh, you know, to hopefully have somebody. You know, you, I, I have no no illusions that, that this, this person, whoever is elected to fill Mo Brooks' house uh, seat, is going to be uh, of my political persuasion, okay? I, I'm, I'm not crazy. I get where we are and what we're doing and how the, the you know, the district is gerrymandered. And so, uh, you know, we I know what it's going to be, but hopefully... That person, whoever it is, maybe in the next 10 years could work with the opposing party at some point to get at least one piece of legislation beneficial to the area passed, unlike the previous uh, holder of that seat. And, and unlike him, actually vote for things that are good for that area instead yeah. of voting against every bill that had anything to do with sending money to that area. Well, I, I heard from a lot of my Republican friends this week who were jubilant that uh, Brooks is out because they they all, to a person, felt that he had been an embarrassment for Alabama for far too long and that if he did somehow become senator, he would be an embarrassment for decades. Uh, you know, I know that his people are saying, well, this is not over yet. Uh, we've got Always a long over. way to go, but it's over. It's, it's over. over. It's over. Uh, you, you know, when you get unendorsed mm -hmm. and you're running third already, it, it, it just doesn't look good. It just yeah, I think I think Richard uh, Richard Shelby probably summed it up best by just simply saying, "Yeah, that campaign was tanking anyway." <laughs> so I mean, yes. it, it, yeah. it was. I mean, it, it's just a fact of the matter. He was fading. He was fading really, really fast, and you know, he had no money. He had no hopes of coming back. And now Trump dumping him on on top of that does just doesn't you know hell. It adds to the misery, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I'm, I'm tempted to feel sorry for a guy who who has have never had a real job in his life to have to think about going out and getting one. I mean, he's a lawyer, but can you imagine having Mo Brooks represent you in something? I, I, I can't imagine, Susan. No, not at this stage. Yeah, no, and I don't, I, don't feel, I don't feel sorry for anybody who put their faith in a con man like Donald Trump. 
<laughs> You're terrible. Well, everybody had to know when, 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 when Brooks came out at the Trump rally and said, we need to move on from the 2020 election, that mm -hmm. was the first nail right there, and everybody knew it. Well, I tell you, the super PACs going out and putting out those comments that he made about Trump uh, in the run-up to the 2016 election, uh, that didn't help either. No, of course and, it didn't. And, and, and of course, now... Mo Brooks is reverting back to Mo Brooks of 2015, where he, you know, he was trying to throw uh, Trump under the bus as a candidate. Now, Josh, he has unleashed, well, uh, the dog pack on Trump. Yeah, I mean, he he claims, uh, you know, he was revealing uh, conversations uh, to to several media outlets, uh, conversations that he had with the former president about trying to rescind. Uh, Trump wished to rescind the election, the 2020 presidential election, uh, and work with Congress to have himself reinserted as president in some shape or form. Um, and you know, I. You know, I know it's crazy because it's Mo Brooks and Donald Trump and everybody just writes it off as two crazy people talking. Uh, but, you know, this We're is a former everybody. president. It's a former president asking a sitting member of Congress to help him work to rescind a valid U.S. election. I, I mean, that's that stuff doesn't happen. That, I, as far as I know, it's the first time it's ever happened in American history. I mean... That's what we're talking about here with, with these people. And, and when people, you know, cozy up to Donald Trump and, and talk about these things, that's the person you're cozying up to in this. Well, I, Susan, I don't even think John C. Calhoun would have made that move. But isn't it just like Mo Brooks to now do this? And does he end up in front of the January 6th commission actually seeing if he can offer proof or evidence of, that this happened? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised this, you know, that he's scorching earth with this. Of course, he would. He's embarrassed. But, yeah, I think there's an absolute possibility that he could get before the January 6th commission and would willingly do so according to his tone right now. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's like he's asking them to call him. Well, I mean, at this I point, mean, I mean, with what he said, I mean, that's, you know, that's pretty much on the record comments. And I think they would like <coughs> to put that on the official record. Just simply what he said already about the conversations with Trump. Yeah. And if he'll come forward with his emails and his phone calls and his diary, I mean, he had said before that he wouldn't unless it was an open hearing and he could get all the information out there. Now that he's flipped on the former president, it seems to me that he'll be more willing to talk. Never thought I'd be on Mo Brooks' side. Never thought I'd be on Mo Brooks' side. You know, you know, the thing about politics, Josh, is, you know, <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, friends come and go, and enemies accumulate, but in this yeah. case, you know, it's always a strange bedfellow. Uh, yeah. Now and then, you've got to look around and say, well, uh, you know, this horse right here, I I'm going to ride him till the end. You know? uh, you know, <laughs> the enemy of my enemy, you know, it's a situation yeah. like that at this point. Yeah. And, and no, yeah. it's, listen, I do think, though, that Mo Brooks has, has some vital information that he could share, obviously. Just what he shared already is, is, is out there. Uh, and I think it's very important to them. And if there are other phone calls, especially on January the 6th between the two of them, then, you know, I think it, it becomes a, an even bigger deal. It, it very well may. Who knows what a scalded dog might do, and that is Mo Brooks. But we're going to have to leave it right there. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back. So you got caught speeding. 
But this time, you got more than a ticket. What are you in for? Vehicular homicide. Stop speeding before speeding stops you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. I'm Donald Trump, and I love Alabama. As many of you know, there are few issues facing our nation as important as election integrity and election fraud. This is why the people of the great state of Alabama must work together to make it easier to vote and harder to cheat. So get out, register to vote, and get a photo ID so you can make your voice heard and decide the future of our great country. Thank you. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You know, a snapshot of the polls recently in the Senate race shows uh, Mike Durant ahead by a few points, then it's Katie Britton, and way down the line is Mo Brooks, who now has no chance whatsoever. But the one thing that's happened, Susan, is that the Club for Growth has just pounded away on Katie Britt. Mm -hmm. And still her numbers are very good. Also, a super PAC backing Katie Britt has pounded away on Mo Brooks and his numbers stink. The one thing we haven't seen is anyone go negative on Mike Durant. And there's plenty there to go negative on, including the, 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 father, the father molesting his sister and then Durant uh, defending his father and, and denying that his father raped his sister repeatedly, which is kind of disgusting to it me. It absolutely is. But we took a look, hard look at Durant's campaign finances. And there's some interesting stuff in here, isn't there, Susan? There's very interesting stuff in here. One, of it, one that really piques my interest is the fact that his company took $6 million in PPP loans. Now, while those are probably legitimate loans and probably went for the purposes they were supposed to, then after that happened, he turned around and dumped four million of his own money into his campaign. Now, does that mean, you know, me as a, us as business owners, we take seriously what money we, we garner our company with. But to, to do that is essentially to me like spending part of that money to fund his campaign because he had it to take care of whatever he needed to take care of. I mean, Josh, it is a little odd and we've looked at a lot of these PPP loans. You, you think if a guy had the, uh, an extra four million laying around, he might shoot that into the company instead of expecting the federal government, in other words, me and you, to bail out his company. Yeah, no, I, it, it doesn't look very good, I think, to the average uh, to the average voter uh, out there that sees that and sees a guy. First of all, it's 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 really hard for me to imagine that there's a lot of connection between the average voter and a, and a guy not from here who is a you know a very successful, very uh, wealthy uh, businessman. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's another case of a guy, kind of a carpet bagging situation. You know, we've had we got Tuberville over there that was living in Florida for most of his life, and now he's a he's a senator. Now we've had this guy who's been living in the Northeast for most of his life and other places, and he rolls in and 
and, and now he's going to you know, run for Senate. It's just, it's an odd thing, I think, for voters. Uh, I think when uh, we saw the reaction to that, uh, to the story that ran in APR about the, this stuff, and, and a lot of people, I think, had had a similar reaction to what you're talking about, which is, you know, that you know, it doesn't sit very well with us just because of, you know, it, it's, if you got the money, man, why am I paying for your business? You know, that's I mean, right. It's, exactly. You know that that's kind of the way they think. I, and listen, I know it's complicated business finances and 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 personal finances and intermingling the two. I I, I get that that's a complicated issue and that there's something there. But optics wise, just looking at it on the outside from the average yeah. voter's perspective, man, you know, I don't think they get that. You know. And when when we're talking about wealthy here, we're not talking about a couple million. His assets are estimated at between thirty nine million and 113 million. Now, mm-hmm. I've seen estimates out of out of the financial sector that says it's more in the 100 plus million yeah. range, which most people, most average people cannot, I cannot I relate. Grasp it. I can't relate to what a 100 millionaire would is, is lived like. Well, listen, us millionaires, you know, we we typically <laughs> run in different circles than, uh, than, than yeah. regular, than you regular yeah. people. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but listen, I, you know, I, I don't begrudge Mike Durant making the money, no. you know, and, and, and no. anything like that. It's But it's it does, again, make him less relatable to the average Alabamian, where I, I think we'll have a story in a few minutes about how many people in this state earn less than $15 per hour. So, yeah. you yeah. know, and that's who the Republican Party in this state is relying on to support them at polls. And so that's who Mike Durant's going to rely on at polls. And, and, you know, most of those folks don't have a $5 million Colorado estate. <laughs> you know, it's just well, five to twin, five to $25 million Colorado estate. Right. I mean, what kind of bungalow is that, man, where it's cost you $5 million to $25 million to be Rocky Mountain High? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I know, man. It's a, listen, Colorado's a beautiful place, but it's, uh, you know, and I, uh, and, and I do love some of their uh, more lenient laws on certain things, but it's a, uh, it's, it's not, again, it's just not a relatable thing. And I'm very interested. This all kind of goes back to what you started with, though. Uh, there's been nobody take a hit, really, at uh, no. uh, uh, candidate-wise. There are stories right. out there. You know, we, we wrote the story uh, in APR about his, his past troubles with his father and his sister and the, uh, the molestation that went on there for, for years and, and how he handled that. Um, and those were not new stories. Those are stories that were reported by AP, and we went back and found those things and, right. and, you know, and, and asked them about it. It because I think it speaks to the character of the candidate, and I'm I'm interested to see if anyone will use that. Why, and Josh, you know local media guys like I do. Why are the local media uh, superstars not mm-hmm. covering that story about Durant? I mean, his father repeatedly raped his sister for yeah. years. Durant found out about it, but still defended his father. His Why? father admitted it. His father admitted yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Still yeah he admitted it. To, he admitted it to Durant. Uh, you know that yeah. was the, that was the story. And, and his sister yeah. is is very open and very hurt by by a lot of the things yeah. that that went on she there. Should, and, hey. you, you know, I, I just think that um, first of all, at the time that that we wrote that story. Um, I think Mike Durant was a bit player in this. You know, he had just really entered the race. Uh, he wasn't at the standing that he is now. I think once some things start to, once some of these candidates start to push this, once, you know, Britt or anybody supporting Katie Britt pushes this a little bit, I think you'll see more of those stories. But, you know, as of right now, there's been very, very little press about this race overall. You know, I mean, you just yeah. look around, there's very little press about it. And, and Josh, you brought it up. A new study found that 40% of Alabamian workers make below $15 an hour. And this guy, 
can't bend over to pick up $15 and cost him money. <laughs> yeah. uh, let me no, mention, it's... women of color in Alabama rave greater percentage. There's 64.4% making below $15 an hour. 64% yeah. of black women in the state make less than $15 an hour. We gotta you do can't live on $15 an hour. No, yeah, and you got you got we've got to do something about that, and we know where the problems are. This is not a mystery, uh, you know. This is the this is due to a to a lack of economic development in the Black Belt region and in other predominantly minority counties around this state, where we have completely forgotten. And we have people who who are in our government that don't relate to those places, and they don't steer industry to those places. Okay, they they just don't do it. I know I've dealt with with Macon County and Macon County officials for a number of years, and I know what they've gone through in trying to get industry there. They're, you know, but they don't do it. And as we were talking about with Durant, he can't relate. Just like these lawmakers can't relate. People no. vote for people who can relate to your problems. Yes. Well, we're gonna have to leave it right there. You're watching the V, the voice of Alabama politics. You'll never guess what 400,000 people in the U.S. were using when they crashed their cars last year. No, not this. This. Distracted driving will kill you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. I'm Donald Trump, and I love Alabama. As many of you know, there are few issues facing our nation as important as election integrity and election fraud. This is why the people of the great state of Alabama must work together to make it easier to vote and harder to cheat. So get out, register to vote, and get a photo ID so you can make your voice heard and decide the future of our great country. Thank you. of Alabama politics. Josh, what in the good name of all that's holy is a clean lottery? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, there's no such really? thing. Uh, there's no such thing as a clean lottery. What they mean is lottery, okay? That's what they're talking about is a, is a lottery. And, and uh, you know, that we have uh, now new, new gambling bills and, and they uh, propose uh, this so-called clean lottery. Uh, and they claim that that's what Alabamians want, which would generate somewhere around $250 million a year. Um, you know, it's, to me, it's the stupidest idea that, that I've ever heard of. And I know what, when I bring up stupid in the Alabama legislature, that that's a, that's a tough ladder to climb, okay? I know to get to the top of that, there's, there's a lot of things you gotta step over, but uh, it is. I mean, it, what, we're talk, what you would talk about right now is our, under the Greg Albritton bill, uh, that w that was introduced a comprehensive gaming bill. You would have uh, five casinos that were controlled by, basically by a state entity. Uh, you know, they would be privately owned, but they would be governed by a state entity. You, so you'd have five casinos. Uh, you would have a, a statewide lottery. Uh, you would have some sports wagering that took place at the at those casinos. Under this bill, you would have just the lottery. Okay, and while that may sound good to people, 
I would like for you to just for a second consider reality, okay? Because you're not eliminating five casinos. No, we're eliminating no. one casino because we right. already have the four that are operating currently right. and they're going to stay right. operating. And so you're only eliminating one casino. And in exchange for that, you're giving up 12,000 jobs and $500 million annually. That's what you're giving up I, I, for I, one I, casino. Every year, every year. And Susan, it really plays out once you get a compact with Ports Creek Indians to about a billion dollars a year. A year. And yeah. can you imagine what Alabama could do with a billion? Well, let's see. Uh, but we could do a lot of good things with that money. Absolutely, we could. And we need it. I, and it's not going to change anything. It's already here. We're just not making any money off of right. it. Right. I mean, the idea behind the comprehensive bill is to regulate, to legalize, regulate, tax, and control it. The, and Josh, you point out, just a plain paper lottery would be the greatest expansion of gaming in yeah. the history of the state. Because it it's, would be everywhere. Yeah, you right. put it on, also, in every county, every city, at every convenience store in Alabama. They, they would have yeah. gambling in those places. And so, yeah. look, I, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Were you doing it? My, my point in saying that is, is why are you so caught up in this one casino here? That, or, or why are you so caught up in expanding gaming at the other casinos and taxing it properly? We have... We have now, currently, when you count the Porch Creek facilities, we have seven operational casinos. Actually, we have many, many more than that, but we don't count a lot of them, you know. <laughs> uh, and so those operate every day here without paying the proper taxes on gaming that are paid in every other state. We lose billions and billions of dollars every single week in this state because we don't properly tax these things. And that, to me, is the greatest injustice of all of this. If you're telling me you're going to have a paper lottery, those people are still going to be making money and we're not taxing it. Yeah. And the thing is, all the casino owners want to pay the tax. They're yes. eager to get this done. They want to give the state their money. I mean, and by the if, way, you had a, if you, any other industry came in here and said, we're going to bring you 12,000 jobs and bring you a billion dollars, a billion, a hundred billion dollars to, yeah. Yeah, to, in tax revenue for you to spend however you'd like, everybody would be crawling over their parents to do this. And if people think that this is actually going to cause the casinos to control the legislature, it's written in the bill that no casino can ever give any money to a legislature. No contributions from the casinos. That would stop with this bill. Mm -hmm. And I, look, it just makes common sense. We have gaming. We've said it ad nauseum. We have gaming. We just need to regulate it, tax it, and move on. I, 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 I got to move on to the next issue because I am just, I am, I'm almost numb with the idea that legislators keep poking their big noses into what a, between a doctor and a patient. You know, they're doing it on multiple, multiple fronts while crying over here, oh, we don't want the state telling us what we can do with our medical health treatment. So Josh, relates to COVID. Arthur Orr, we would like to call Arthur Orr the king of, 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 of uh, pork. I almost <laughs> said the king of pain. Or, <laughs> but, the king but of he's pork. definitely the king of pork. But, uh, you know, he's got a bill that if passes, and it's passed in the Senate Health Committee, it passes, it would, you could go to a doctor, literally a doctor, and say, I want oxy for treatment of COVID, and the doctor, the pharmacist, or the nursing home cannot deny you. This is, yeah. it, this bill has this. 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it's really a, a, a silly bill. I mean, it is a silly bill. I mean, it's it's aimed at, at you know, pandering to these people that wanted ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, uh, you know, both of which, I don't know, there was a study this past week that showed that both of those things did not in any way help anyone with COVID. They didn't help, you know, and so it, it just, but that's, I don't understand the, the thinking, and it's been encouraged by a lot of politicians, including this particular one, uh, you know, to, to say that we're going to move away from this vaccine that is safe and effective that we have and, and go towards these things that are unproven to the point of that we're going to inject ourselves between doctors and patients, which was, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, a big cry when they were against Obamacare several years ago. Uh, yeah. I, if I'm yeah. not, I, I think I have this right. I think those are the same yeah. people. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. We were going to kill grandma over these things. But, uh, you know, it's a... It, stop. But stop. It just... It, Arthur Orr has released more right-wing bills than ever in his tenure. And it makes me think, Susan, that he's he's looking down the road to run for higher office. He has to be. He he doesn't have an opponent. He he's an, he he he's been in this office for, you know, what uh, since 2007. Uh, he, he he doesn't have any opposition. So he's really looking to get people's attention for some reason, and I can only think it has to be either uh, attorney general or lieutenant governor. Yeah. I mean, He's looking for a new office. Josh, you don't put a guy like Arthur Orr, who used to seem like this confident business guy who was in the Peace Corps, now seems like a far left-wing radical unless he's running for something. Yeah, you know, it, uh, and let me say, he certainly got a lot of attention. I don't know if it's necessarily the attention he wants, but he certainly got <laughs> a lot of attention from some people. Uh, you know, there, there are some business people that are not very happy with Arthur Orr and, and, and mm-hmm. shouldn't be. Uh, you know, and because of some of the bills that, he, that he's put out there that have been really kind of reckless on, on a lot of different fronts. Um, and I think that, yeah, I, it's obvious to me that he's gearing himself up for something. Um, well, you know, he, he, he has his typical stuff with welfare that he does every year, but the, he, he's yeah. putting up a lot more these days. He is. Anyway, we're going to have to leave it right there. You've been watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them.